are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. BYU basketball ekes out a rather narrow 10-point victory over Santa Clara. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but we'll discuss that. We'll also talk about the new basketball series with Utah Valley University that was announced yesterday for BYU basketball. Get you ready for the Gonzaga showdown tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. And also even talk some BYU football as well on a Friday. Thanks again for joining us. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going. This is Locked On Cougars for February 21st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whichever podcast provider you listen to us on. And also give us a favorable rating and review if you don't mind taking a minute to do so. It helps us find BYU fans and conversely help BYU fans find us, build this audience audience and thanks again for joining us on your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else with us here on Locked On Cougars. Let's start off today talking about BYU basketball obviously last night in action against Santa Clara and I have to say I tip my cap to the Santa Clara Broncos. Those guys play hard. Uh, Josip Frankic, I think it's Josip, I I don't know how to say it absolutely correctly, but Josip Frankic, the former Wasatch Academy star from here in Utah, playing for Santa Clara, was just an absolute beast on the inside for Santa Clara in this game, and BYU overcame their inability to hit a three, it felt like, at all. BYU just struggled all night like all night long shooting from beyond the arc. Uh, it was just a weird night for BYU's offense. But in the end, three star players for BYU came out with 20 points or more each and helped BYU to an 85 to 75 win. This game is about as narrow of a 10-point win as you'll ever see in college basketball, I feel like. BYU struggled for long stretches of this game. As I said, BYU just couldn't buy a bucket from beyond the arc, it felt like, especially from their guard line. Uh, So BYU for the game from three-point, 23.1%. And this coming from one of the top shooting three-point teams in the entire country. BYU's resided inside the top five in terms of percentages shooting the three all season long. And the weird thing about last night is the three uh, three pointers that BYU made in this game came from two guys. And you're probably thinking, okay, what two guys if you didn't watch this game? Colby Lee had the first one, and then uh, Yoli Childs had the two others. And Yoli hit a big one late in the game that really, I think, sealed the win for BYU. He led BYU, uh, sorry, he didn't lead BYU, had 22 points and 11 rebounds, so he had, had another double-double for the night. Jake Toulson finished the night with 20 points and 10 rebounds. And then TJ Hawes, who was just money from the charity stripe from the free throw line, Line, added a game-high 28 points and 9 assists. He tied Josip Vrankic for the t- game-high in points and 
I like I said, this was a tough game for BYU. Santa Clara just harassed BYU on the interior, exposed BYU's lack of interior size, especially without Dalton Nixon availability uh, for BYU. And the Cougars, the biggest thing is they won the game. That's all that matters. They have a seven-game win streak now, and now they get ready for the monster showdown against number two Gonzaga tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. And this game. I'm worried about it if BYU plays like they have the last two games because Gonzaga will absolutely torch BYU if they play like they have the last two games. It did make you wonder at points last night if all of the hype revolving around the Gonzaga showdown may have affected BYU in their game against Santa Clara. It's very easy to do. We're still talking about young men who are in their early to maybe mid-20s at the very oldest. And it's tough to, it's tough to focus when you know that, hey, the number two team in the country is going to be on this floor in two nights. Uh, Gonzaga last night struggled big time in the first half, but as they want to do, what they do all the time is they came out and played about a perfect a 10 minutes as you could imagine, put up a 24-2 run on San Francisco and rolled to a 71-54 victory over the Dons at the McCarthy Athletic Center. And this is the type of game, I watched part of the game last night after BYU finished up, I turned on the Gonzaga game because I just wanted to get a look at them, kind of see how they looked and... I was watching, I saw the score in the first half. I'm like, man, they're struggling tonight. And I turned it on for the second half. And they just go on this 24-2 to run that was just absolutely dominant. Uh, Killian Tilly returned from an ankle injury he's been dealing with for Gonzaga and just absolutely was lights out. Uh, 22 points on 10-13 shooting. He added 9 rebounds, hit a 3. That was big. Philip Petrusev, their other big man up there in Gonzaga, had another good game in his own right. And this is going to be a tough, tough matchup for BYU to come away with an upset win over Gonzaga. As it stands, it's a top 25 showdown between these two programs. I am actually kind of disappointed that B, that ESPN's College Game Day is not coming to Provo for this, but I understand that Baylor has a big game and they're the number one team in the country and they're facing off against a top five team. Is it Kansas? I don't, I don't remember. I don't pay attention enough to the schedules anymore, but... This is a big-time game for BYU, but the problem I feel for BYU going into this game is they have not been playing as crisply or as efficiently or just as a as a team as well as they have at previous points this season. I think Dalton Nixon's loss is a monster one going into a game like this. You need every bit of interior size and ability to defend Gonzaga. I felt like you saw another step in the progression of Gavin Baxter's return from injury last night against Santa Clara. He seems like he's coming along nicely. Still plenty of work for him to do to continue to get ready and be able to be an impact guy, but Yoli Childs tomorrow night cannot have the foul trouble that has saddled him the last two games against San Diego and Santa Clara. I do feel like he's kind of gotten a quick whistle and a tough whistle the last two games, uh, but he has to make sure that he is on point tomorrow night because BYU cannot afford to shoot 23.1% from three on their home court and expect to take down number two Gonzaga. If that happens, BYU plays like they have the last two games and their struggles shooting from beyond the arc are still there tomorrow night. It's not going to be a game for long, I feel like. I feel like Mark Few's team is just too well-oiled a machine. They'll roll in here, and if BYU gives them even an inch, the Gonzaga Bulldogs will take every bit of their 
of what they're given, and they will run you out of the, out of your own gym. They are that good. They are 27 and one, 13 and 0 in West Coast Conference play. They have at least clinched a share of the West Coast Conference regular season title. They can claim the outright title with a win over BYU tomorrow night. So they will be motivated as they come to Provo. Mark Few, their head coach, he loves when his team plays at BYU. He's talked about it in the past, how it's the biggest of big time events or venues in the West Coast Conference. It gives his team a look at what they should expect in the postseason with the NCAA tournament, etc. So BYU's got their work cut out for them. There is no way around it. They have to make sure that they are on point and they have to hope that their three-point shooting comes back around. It's a game of averages. Basketball, it goes up and down, but BYU's been remarkably consistent from beyond the arc until it really felt like last night when they couldn't just buy a bucket, especially from their guards. Toulson, Hawes, they just were ice cold from beyond the arc. So if BYU's three-point shooting comes through for them tomorrow night, it's going to be a game. But if they struggle like they have the last two games particularly slowing down opposing teams' star players, allowing teams to score 70-plus points on them, etc. The defense struggles. It's not going to be a game for long tomorrow night. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for the Cougars. I didn't think they were going to win this game to begin with, but the way the BYU is playing coming into this game... It went from me thinking, okay, BYU can hang with these guys and make it look close, but if they play like they did against Santa Clara or San Diego, it's going to be a boat race, and Gonzaga's just going to roll to a win, walk out of Provo, and say, hey, thanks for letting us show up here and win the outright West Coast Conference regular season title. So, fun environment I'm expecting tomorrow night. It's a sold-out Marriott Center, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Game is going to be televised on the ESPN family of networks. I believe ESPN2 will have that game, and This is going to be a big-time showdown for BYU. It's a big opportunity for them, no doubt. Uh, Currently, in terms of the bracketology from Joe Lunardi, BYU sitting at a six seed. What could happen if they upset the number two team in the country? Could they jump as high as a five or maybe in a four seed? Who knows? But their work is cut out for them tomorrow night. BYU understands what they're facing. Uh, if you heard the Yoli Childs interview, interview from yesterday, you heard him talk about the fact, hey, I'm focused on Santa Clara, but I'm excited for this matchup. But we have a tough task ahead of us. BYU has their work cut out for them, and need, they need to make sure that they're on point. And here's hoping that their three-point shot returns, that they can hit big threes all game long, and that their defense holds up, especially on the interior. BYU's got to stay out of foul trouble or Gonzaga. Zagreb will just beat them up on the inside. So, fun game. I'm excited for it tomorrow night. Hopefully, BYU goes out and stuns us all with a win over Gonzaga and of course we'll have coverage for you of that right here on Locked On Cougars. Uh, We'll switch gears talk some BYU football and update in the coaching search for BYU's running back open position currently. We'll talk about that. I've got some information I want to pass along to you guys. We'll also uh, talk a little bit more a little bit later about the new three game series for BYU basketball as they are going to resume their crosstown clash or whatever they call it against the Utah Valley Wolverines beginning next season. We'll talk about that as well. Before we do that though, our reminder for you guys that when you guys are out and about driving around in your cars or if you just have downtime at your house, listening to this podcast and getting caught up on all the BYU news that you need to know each and every day is as simple as using your voice. All you got to do is tell your smart device. A lot of us plug our phones into our cars when we get in or you have a smart speaker at home. Tell it. 
play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you stay up to date with all the latest news in BYU sports. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information you cannot find anywhere else right here on the podcast. So make sure when you have some downtime, you're driving around town, commuting, etc., tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and we will make sure that you are the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, BYU football is gearing up for spring ball starting March 2nd. Of course, we'll be out there covering it for you every day as they have practices. The format they normally go is three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'll be out there getting interviews, insight, and opinion from people who are on the inside as well as getting coaches and players' thoughts right here on the podcast. But in the lead-up to that, BYU currently has an opening on their coaching staff, and that's at the running back position after A.J. Stewart left for the University of Arizona last Friday on Valentine's Day. Uh, We talked about this on Tuesday this week about some of the candidates for the job. I mentioned names Quinton Ganther, Jimmy Beal, as well as Harvey Unga, a graduate assistant currently with the BYU football program. And uh, in talking with some people around the program, just trying to get a feel of what BYU might be going for with regards to their running back position and the coach that they may hire, it sounds like they're down to two guys as it stands currently. And obviously, this can always change. You can have a candidate who comes in late, inserts their name into the process, and upends the whole search. But currently, based on people I have talked to around the program, BYU's narrowed in their focus on Harvey Unga as well as Jimmy Beal, uh, the running backs coach from Montana State, a guy who spent his career working mainly at the FCS level. He spent time at Montana State this past season, was at South Dakota State the year before that, and then spent uh, nine seasons at Northern Arizona uh, coaching running backs as well as tight ends with the NAU Lumberjacks. So a guy who's got extensive uh, coaching credentials in the Western United States. When you work in places like Flagstaff, as well as going up to Bozeman there at Montana State this past season, He's a guy that I, he's got experience, and that's the biggest thing you need to see. Is you, you've got experience here. He's never coached at the uh, FBS level outside of a year as a graduate assistant at Texas State, but I believe Texas State at that point had not moved up to the FBS level, so maybe that doesn't even count. But he's uh, from Los Angeles, California. He's got a relationship with coaches on BYU staff, particularly Gennaro Guilford, being from Los Angeles, California. He also fits the bill, speaking of Coach Beal, as a young dynamic coach. He was born in 1984, so he's not the oldest coach in the book. He's 36 years old, so he's still got plenty of of tread on the tires, uh, if you will, and he is going to obviously be interested in moving up to the FBS level. Coaches have dreams of making it to the highest echelons of college football. There's no doubt about it. That's why a guy like A.J. Stewart would go to a program like Arizona, where he understands that if Arizona doesn't have a good year this year, well, it very well could mean that Kevin Sumlin has lost his job and that potentially could mean A.J. Stewart's looking for a new job next offseason. But he wanted to take the shot at the Power 5 level. Well, it's similar with Jimmy Beal here. He spent his time, he's bidden his time, he's been a full decade now coaching on assistant coaching as an assistant coach at the FCS level. He'd want nothing more, I would imagine, than to move up to the FBS level and his familiarity with the Western United States, coaching, having played out in the West, being from Los Angeles. He has familiarity with what BYU is looking for, and I think he'd be a decent option. But conversely, BYU already has a guy on the staff who is very much chomping at the bit to get his opportunity as a head t- as a full-time assistant coach, and that is Harvey Unga. At one time, BYU's leading rusher, a guy who had, if his senior season had not been taken away, I think for awful reasons. I, I don't think that he should have been suspended. That's just my personal opinion. Your opinion may vary, but 
the fact that Harvey Unga has interest and has been working so diligently as a graduate assistant inside the BYU football program, I think he's a natural fit to just essentially get that promotion and take over the running back position full time. He's in essence been an assistant running backs coach with AJ Stewart over the past two seasons at serving as a graduate assistant. He's been right there in the meetings with AJ Stewart. He understands the position group at BYU, the personnel they have, their strengths, their weaknesses. The only thing that Harvey Unga doesn't bring to the table is off-campus recruiting chops. Can he gain those? Absolutely. And how do you gain those? Well, you got to get that opportunity to be the assistant coach that goes out and does the recruiting. I'm sure he's taken notes and talked to coaches at BYU and otherwise about what to expect, expect once he became an assistant coach and what he needs to do to prove himself at the next level, especially as, as a recruiter. So, I feel like BYU, if they want to have a guy installed by the time spring football begins, it's going to be Harvey Unga because he's already inside the program. He's already been a graduate assistant at BYU. And in essence, with with the hiring process, the way I understand it at BYU, the fact that he's already in the system down there in Provo as a graduate assistant, he'd be fast-tracked in terms of getting approved and elevated to the running back's position, whereas a guy like Jimmy Bill is going to have to go through a round of interviews with leaders at BYU, administrators, etc. So it's an interesting situation all the way around for BYU football as it stands, but it sounds like, based on everything I'm hearing, as of today, Friday, February 21st, and like I said in the open of this, things can change. Let's say a running backs coach from another program gets serendipitously fired or decides he's unhappy and he inserts his name into the process at BYU. Well, guess what? BYU will consider all comers if they have the ability and they feel like to be an impact coach and come in and really help the football program. But as it stands on today, Friday, February 21st, 2020, it appears that BYU is down to two finalists for this job. Speaking of Jimmy Beal, as well as Harvey Unga, and we'll see who ultimately gets the job, but I think either one of them bring strong credentials to the position group, to the BYU football staff in general. One's a former BYU legend, obviously on the field. He has spent his time, he's bidden his time there at BYU as a graduate assistant and has been chomping at the bit to get his opportunity as a full-time head coach, whereas the other has spent a decade slogging at the FCS ranks, and slogging is probably the wrong term, but he's been working hard at the FCS ranks to get his opportunity, and obviously he's got that experience factor that you don't have with Harvey Unga, speaking of Jimmy Beal. I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, finalist group to see who ultimately gets the job, and I don't think BYU can go wrong with either one, but if you had to ask me who my money is on, my money right now, I'd place it on Harvey Unga getting the job. That's just me, and we'll see what happens with the BYU football programs. They get ready for spring football just over a week away. It's crazy to think that the season's already so far removed that we're into spring ball, but that's just how it goes. Time rolls on, and now BYU's getting ready for spring ball ahead of the 2020 football season. And, of course, we'll have full coverage for you of that right here on the podcast. All right, we'll talk some more BYU sports, a, a scheduling agreement between BYU basketball and Utah Valley University. We'll talk about that as well as highlighting some of the other action that happened last night in BYU sports, as well as looking at the weekend ahead for BYU athletics. That's all coming up here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, want to ask you guys, and this is something I request quite often on this podcast. If you're listening to this show on a podcast provider, please leave us a favorable rating and review. The five-star ratings, especially on Apple Podcasts, really help us out. They help uh, get BYU fans to find us. They also help us find BYU fans 
And those five-star reviews, when you see these, when these podcast providers, their algorithms, which they use to promote podcasts, see people interacting with the show and leaving favorable ratings and reviews, well, guess what? They're more apt to promote it internally, which in turn helps us build the audience. So I know I ask this quite often, but if you haven't done so already, please leave us a favorable rating and review. It really does help get the word out about this show. I know you guys have done a great job sharing via word of mouth about the podcast, but I want to ask you guys one more time. If you haven't done so, take a minute, leave us a favorable rating and review, and that really helps us build the audience right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's talk about some BYU scheduling news that came out yesterday via Utah Valley University. The Wolverines announcing that BYU and UVU will resume their crosstown clash series after a one-year hiatus beginning November 28th, 2020 at the Marriott Center. It's in essence a two-for-one as BYU will get games at the Marriott Center in both 2020 and 2022, and then BYU will make a trip cross town to the UCCU center to face off against UVU in 2021. I think this is a win-win scenario for BYU. Uh, I think the, they're getting more games at home than it's. I know that they got a three-for-one last time with UVU, but I think the Wolverines have proven their mettle. If they can continue to improve, obviously they got gutted when Mark Pope moved from UVU to BYU. But if Mark Madsen, the new head coach at UVU, can recruit well and really uh, keep building this program. I don't think that UVU-BYU is a series that BYU should just say, you know what, nah, we're not interested in that. I think it has local interest, and that's really some of the storylines you need in the preseason, the non-conference schedule for BYU. Stop playing Mississippi Valley State, Texas State, some of these dogs that come into the Marriott Center, and play UVU. Play teams that have some regional relevance, and some some BYU fans know UVU, and they understand what the program's about. So I think that's a fantastic series for BYU. Like I said, it's a two-for-one for BYU beginning November 28th, 2020. UVU will make the trip to the Marriott Center to face off against the Cougars. And like I said, I think it's a win-win scenario for BYU. Granted, I know that when BYU loses a game like they did in the first game of the series at UVU with Mark Pope leading the Wolverines, it leaves BYU fans in a bad mood, but guess what? It's better than playing Mississippi Valley State, the Texas States, the Evergreen States of the world. Just sign up the series and let's play it. And I think it's a good move all in all that BYU got that on the books. All right. Other news for you guys. Last night, number two ranked BYU men's volleyball swept Concordia Irvine, 25, 15, 25, 19, 25, 20. I think the biggest news is that Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who missed the grand Canyon match due to an internal matter, returned to action for BYU as they rolled uh, Concordia Irvine. Now BYU gets ready to host a USC. That'll be tomorrow night at six o'clock mountain time at the Smith field house. That match will be televised live on BYU TV also streamed live on the BYU TV app if you want to watch it there and I think BYU, they're absolutely rolling. I'm not sure what it's going to take for them to ascend to the number one spot outside of uh, Hawaii dropping a couple of matches, but they got a big series coming up against one another, head-to-head series, and if BYU could win that coming up in a few weeks, that would go a long way to helping them if they want to be the number one team in the country. That's going to be their opportunity to do so. A big congratulations to Paisley Johnson. She uh, reached the 1,000 career point milestone last night as she scored a game-high 28 points as the BYU women's basketball team beat Santa Clara 60 to 51 on the road. Uh, 
Paisley Johnson's just been an awesome athlete for BYU. She's fun to watch. If you haven't seen her in action, I would encourage you to take the opportunity to do so. Uh, BYU stays on the road tomorrow as they face off against San Francisco at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, Tip-off 12 o'clock Pacific Time there at War Memorial Gym up on the hill in San Francisco. A live video stream of the game will be available on the WCC Network online if you want to watch the Cougars in action there. BYU Baseball started off their four-game series against Cal Poly with a 6-2 win Thursday night. They broke it open with four runs in the eighth inning. Uh, BYU's pitching was very strong in this game. No earned runs, 10 strikeouts as the staff. I think it's a good showing for BYU. They will face off against the Mustangs tonight at uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time there in San Luis Obispo. And then they'll have a doubleheader beginning at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday as they wrap up the four-game series. And hopefully BYU comes away with multiple wins in this series. they will be a good way to start their season, especially coming off that top 25 upset over uh, Oregon State earlier this week. Um, other teams in action, women's softball split their games last night. Uh, they beat Cal Poly la- last night in action, the first game of their series and then lost in the nightcap to Notre Dame 11 to 1 in five innings they got run ruled in that game so a tough showing for BYU there in term at the oh sorry UC Riverside not why I say Cal Poly they're playing Cal Poly next week in speaking of BYU softball they beat UC Riverside 5 to 2 and then lost in Notre Dame 11 to 1 they're back in action today facing off against Nebraska in their lone uh, game today down there in Cathedral City that'll be at 3:30 p.m. Pacific time 4:30 Mountain time live stream link on Flow Softball, which is a subscription site, if you are so inclined also to play two more games tomorrow against Mississippi State and Bethune-Cookman uh, on Saturday as they wrap up play there at the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. Other teams in action this weekend that we want to note before we go today is the women's, men's and women's track and field teams are in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for the JDL Fast Track event. It's one of the final events before the indoor championships, NCAA indoor championships, so best of luck to the men's and women's track and field teams as some of these athletes try to get their final qualifying marks and by the way I need to uh, take a minute here and send my best wishes to Zach McWhorter. He is a pole vaulter for BYU, has gone viral on the internet because he was struck in the nether regions by a pole after attempting a pole vault. They actually cleared the bar on at BYU during practice. Apparently, it uh, tore open his scrotum, uh, to use the technical term here, required 18 stitches to close and... I just, when I saw the headline for it, saw the video, it just made me double over in pain. And I send my best wishes to Mr. McWhorter. That is an awful, awful injury. Uh, serendipitously, almost it feels like his father is a urologist uh, by trade. And I'm sure that would help make sure everything is back in working order. He told uh, BuzzFeed News that he's back and good to go. And man... <laughs> Uh, If you have not seen this video, just be warned. It will make you cringe because he absolutely gets struck in the nether regions and a horrific injury, 18 stitches. Oof, oof. Yeah, that's ugly. One final note for you before we go. We'll get on to a more positive note real quick. Is that Peter Kest was in first place uh, after the first round of the John H. Burns Invitational there in Hawaii for BYU men's golf. BYU is a team tied for first after the first round of action. They're back in action today in the second round of that tournament and wrap up play tomorrow. Hopefully BYU can uh, build on a strong start to this tournament and come home with a victory. Kest actually was the medalist last year at this event and hoping that he can uh, repeat heat 
for BYU men's golf in that regard. And a reminder for you guys, tomorrow night, the big showdown, number two Gonzaga, the Leviathan that is the Bulldogs, come to BYU, come to the Marriott Center tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2, obviously radio broadcast on the BYU Sports Network with Greg Rubel on the call there. And it's going to be a, a fun, fun game. I believe it's sold out, but I'm sure you can find tickets on the secondary market. And if you want to enjoy one of the best college basketball atmospheres this season, in my opinion, get to the Marriott Center tomorrow night. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again to all of you who have joined us each and every day on this show, especially if you're new to the podcast. Hopefully you'll be joining us each and every day. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, keeping you updated on everything going on in BYU sports news, bringing you insider information that you cannot find anywhere else. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Follow the show on social media for updates, etc. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch, and also you can drop the show a note anytime via email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Hoping to have a special postcast edition of BYU basketball against Gonzaga tomorrow night following that game with the Cougars. And obviously we'll be back here on Monday recapping the weekend that was in BYU sports as we always do. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 21st, 2020. We will talk to you soon. 